So welcome everyone to another episode of the ESICM talk powered by ICM. I am Otavio Ranzani, I am an intensivist and I am associate editor of ICM and it's my pleasure to having here today Professor Fernando Boza who is an intensivist and researcher from Brazil. Welcome Fernando. Uh, thank you Otavio and it's really a great pleasure to to be here with you uh, today. So today we are talking about uh, original article published in Intensive Care Medicine that the title is Evolving Changes in Mortality of 13,301 Critically Ill Adult Patients with COVID-19 Over Eight Months. So Fernando, you evaluated about uh, 13,000 real-time PCR COVID-19 adult patients during a period of eight months in over 100 ICUs in Brazil. You described the changes over this period and also uh, your primary outcome was six-day mortality. So what uh, did you find as main message from your paper? We evaluate this uh, uh, 13,000 patients uh, with COVID-19 in 100 uh, 26 ICUs uh, in Brazil between February and October 2020. And what we, we observed at point of view of uh, mortality was a reduction in 42% of total global mortality of ICU patients and also 36% reduction in, in mortality of patients under respiratory support. Also, we observed a significant change in, in the characteristics of patients, patients uh, after, uh, especially after the, the peak in, in April and May, the patients uh, are, uh, were younger, less frail, and also we observed important changes in, in the approach of this patient. Okay, so you also evaluated some risk factors for mortality in, in this period, like yeah. age? Yeah, mm -hmm. we, we, we observed that age, frailty, uh, patients coming from IC, uh, from emergency department, also severity and organ support were major uh, risk factors for mortality. But for other side, uh, the progressive increase in the use of non-invasive ventilation, uh, look at protective for these patients uh, uh, over this eight months. Perfect. So an interesting point from your article is that in this network of hospitals in Brazil, you have like an, a preparedness plan and you could expand the number of ICU beds. And this is interesting because several places around the world have not that uh, in place. So how was this? How was this expansion? Do you have an, a number about the percentage of uh, ICU beds that uh, increased and about the staff training how was this mm -hmm. process 
Yeah, this is a really interesting point because uh, after the beginning of the pandemic, uh, the group of data science work directly with the direction of the network to to develop this uh, preparedness plan. And in fact, uh, uh, we could observe after uh, <clears throat> after the beginning of the pandemic, a progressive increase in the number of uh, ICU beds. And from the, the pre-pandemic phase to the peak of pandemic, we observed uh, an increase of 31% in the number of beds, but also uh, other actions were done like uh, uh, surgical cancellation and also pathways of care uh, uh, for these patients with COVID-19 that uh, we, we believe that were uh, really important to to contribute to this uh, reduction in mortality. Perfect. And regarding the, the initial respiratory support that you observed this change to, to more use of non-invasive ventilation, what do you think was the, the reason for this change? So was uh, more confidence with biosafety, was uh, knowing, getting knowledge how to manage COVID patients? What was the main driver, as you think, to this change? Yeah, this is this is a really interesting point because uh, at the beginning of the pandemic, uh, the teams, the ICU teams, were really concerned about the uh, aerosol generation by non-invasive ventilation, even um, uh, even the 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 main. Uh, uh, approach for this patient at the beginning was really conservative at the point of view of uh, respiratory support. This means oxygen and after intubation. And very few patients uh, uh, receive an approach uh, more uh, including non-invasive ventilation. But during the pandemic, and especially with the burden of cases in Brazil, that was really significant. Uh, the, the teams were more confident to use non-invasive ventilation and also not only for, uh, of course, not for all patients, but especially for some patients um, uh, with moderate uh, respiratory uh, failure. Okay. And when we are talking about non-invasive ventilation in this network, we it does include high-flow nasal cannula and uh, or CPAP and BPAP? Yeah, both. But uh, in general, 80, 85% of patients that received some, uh, some non-invasive support uh, receive uh, met methods using pressure. BPAP or CPAP, and the other 15% was or a combination of high flow and uh, pressure support, or very, really a, a few, few patients, uh, around 5% of patients using uh, high flow. Uh, effectively, high flow is still not very used in Brazil. Okay, thank you, Fernando. 
And uh, so we know that Brazil has been suffering one of the hardest hit of the pandemic. And how do you place your findings in the context of uh, Brazil and Latin America? Yeah, this is uh, we 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 work together uh, looking this um, uh, birthday of COVID nineteen in Brazil, Otavio, and really these findings are a little bit different from the the general findings from Brazil, from the national uh, data, uh, especially because uh, in general for the country, we not observed a uh, progressive reduction in mortality. In, in reality, the new data coming from Brazil, especially after the, the second wave is that uh, mortality increased. And, but here, uh, especially by this combination of uh, preparedness and also uh, progressive incorporation of new practices, steroids and non-invasive ventilation, uh, we observed this uh, significant reduction in mortality. Uh, unfortunately, this is not uh, the case for the whole country because at the end, uh, uh, at point of view, especially in the public, sector, uh, the, preparedness, the preparedness was not uh, uh, really uh, well worked by the government and also uh, the dissemination of new findings and new practices also was not very well communicated uh, uh, for the, the whole community of uh, critical care in the country. Okay. Perfect, uh, Fernando. Uh, any other comments do you think that our listeners would be interested? Uh, we, our findings, I, I believe they uh, can can be uh, really uh, an important lesson uh, about pandemic that uh, it's, it's possible to change the mortality during a pandemic, especially when uh, when you have preparedness training, and especially when you can incorporate new findings in and new knowledge, how to to treat uh, these patients, then and and I believe that other countries also uh, have similar results showing uh, this progressive decrease in mortality during this this year perfect thank you fernando so thank you if the listeners have any other question please reach out in twitter or in the fernando's email as corresponding author of the paper thank you all bye bye